up? Hello. Hi. Welcome to the transcontinental tea. We sipping, we spilling, we drinking. We actually only drinking sparkling water in my case. What are you drinking? Truly lemonade hard salt. So she actually drinking. I'm, I'm, I'm letting the team down. This is on me. <laughs> so I am Hannah and I am in Cambridge, England. I'm Emma. I'm in Brooklyn, New York City. And together we have had a friendship for God. What is it like? A long time. Years now? It's no. Been- well, no, because it was like, it's like nine, nine years. Okay. So we've passed the seven. That's fine. It's fine. We passed the seven, (laughs) which means we're going to be friends forever. Yeah. Seven year itch. That's it. (laughs) That's um, the same. Yes. We decided to do this podcast mostly as an ego experiment because we talk like this all the time. (laughs) Our lives are a podcast. That is a fact. We have talked about having a reality TV show, but we feel like that's not like our journey. So we're <laughs> going to go it, with a podcast instead. With that, apparently there's like other people you have to be involved with and pay. And yeah. And like, you need a network to like you. And I just don't know that that's going to happen for us. I like me. <laughs> so in case you were texting in class or you didn't take geography, um, the UK, the United Kingdom where I live is technically a different continent, which is why we are called the transcontinental tea because we out here spill in the tea with each other or a week. Um, and basically our friendship is um, wild, crazy. If you could describe our friendship in three words, what would you call it? Uh, um, the juicy shit. That's what I would call it. Yeah. Well, we're just, <laughs> we don't have any sponsors yet. So you can. <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> I would say I was like super sentimental. Mine's like a tattoo. Um, <laughs> adventure, loyalty, and sarcasm. Oh, <laughs> like, those are also true and better than my answer. I was just trying to be um, facetious and witty. Listen, you're allowed. <laughs> but basically, we want you to feel like you're the cer- third seat at our coffee table. We're not really mimosa brunch people because we never live in the same place. That's true. So we but if we could, we would. Drink alone you know, like champions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have some pretty fun sections coming up. We have just a little bit more to tell you about ourselves. I promise we're not just going to talk about ourselves the whole time. And then we're going to get into a section we like to call tea of the week. So that is coming up. If you happen to be listening, if anyone actually does, um, then don't you turn it off. You, I mean, (laughs) I guess if you want, but all right so to give the people what they want a little more about us what is your job title your job aspiration and a fun fact about you well my job title is the vice president of outreach with the student veterans of america at fordham i attend fordham university which sounds really important (laughs) sounds important but really all i do is harass veteran students and try to get them to get involved with the community because i think that is so important um, my dream job is to have Anne Hathaway's job in the Devil Wears Prada. Right. And <laughs> um, maybe like, that's like everyone's dream job. <laughs> honestly. Male, female, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it we just all want to be Andy. <laughs> it's true. Um, and a fun fact about myself is that I still have a baby tooth. Where? <laughs> right here. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, straight up. I it, it, my tooth it can't it's impacted, so it like never came down because it like went. Whoop, it was on its like OFP. It's way over there. I don't know. Um, it's a Peter Pan tooth. 
It's true. Um, I have exes that call it my lucky tooth and I'm like, well, I guess so because I'm not dating that you anymore. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like Lucky Finn from Finding Nemo. That was like the idea. Oh, I was thinking like gold tooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, my job title is technically an analyst, but the easy way to describe it is like a technical writer. My dream job is <laughs> I should have really like prepped this. <laughs> I'm like, I think of so many things. I'm like travel blogger. No, I don't want to be a travel blogger. I just want to travel. Um, I think it's actually being a psychologist that works like three days a week. That's, that's genuinely my attainable dream job. Mm-hmm. My non-attainable dream job is, is, you know, editor in chief of Vogue. Like, Oh, for sure. My, my unattainable dream job or my attainable one actually is to be an anti-shafer and ambassador for the UN, which is what I'm going to do. Exactly. Your unattainable is Andy from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if it happens to become attainable because I happen to be in the right place at the right time, so be it. But here we are, you know, we are products of the universe. Um, and my best fun fact about me. Um, I have never had a Snickers bar in my entire life. I think I'm probably in the 1% of Americans who have never had a Snickers bar. Um, I will say a lot of it was by choice because once I had the fun fact, you always need a fun fact, either for job interviews or back in school, like you always needed a fun fact. So I was like, you know what? This is my thing. I'm just going to ride this icebreakers. And you're like, no, yeah, I don't want an icebreaker. I like the ice. (laughs) (laughs) I stay on the ice. (laughs) Speaking of icebreakers, let's do some get to know you questions for for the people, you know, for all of you, our fans, our adoring fans. We're literally just talking to ourselves. That's fine. You know what? (laughs) I think it's important to be your biggest fan, your own biggest fan. That's a good mirror message. I don't know if it works, but like, I'm going with it. Inspirational quote. (laughs) Okay. One beauty and one food item. You're going to a deserted island and you can't take anything else. Okay, beauty, and this is going to come up later because it's like my absolute obsession. I cannot get over it. Is the all-star breakfast scrub by Soap and Glory. Hmm. It's oat, shea, and coconut, I think. I'll have to like look again. Soap and Glory is like a really big deal in the UK. I've like never seen it in the States. Oh, it's like in every Walgreens in Target that you go to. They're like, oh, it's like the, Hmm. um, I mean, it's affordable, you know, it's like, I don't know about the makeup. I don't use the makeup very often, but the beauty scrubs and stuff are like on point. You know, those marketing words that they use to avoid saying cheap, like (laughs) relatable. (laughs) I mean, it is cheap. I I like that. That's why I like it. You know, like I, I have expensive serums, but like that stuff, it smells good and it works and it's only like 10 bucks. So So you're going to wash your face with your scrub in the ocean. I think it's important to look good, (laughs) even if no one's there. Okay. Just scrub your face right off. Plus that salt water, (laughs) dry skin. Come on. Um, And my food food is going to be um, always a um, chicken angel hair pasta. Mm. that's it for me that's all I want in life is that's it. carbs give me the carbs plus I need the strength if I'm gonna survive so <laughs> survival of the fittest baby what are yours um my one beauty item if I was trying to be practical would be like sunscreen um but I'm gonna <laughs> go I know right I'm gonna go with um like misting refreshing spray because no matter how like gross my face gets, if you just like spritz yourself with one of those beauty refreshing like makeup setting sprays, it just makes your life a little better. I have so a rose water one that I really like. Yeah. yeah, you know, 
Um, it's just and then, water. Well, it's, it's literally just water. That <laughs> it's got it's pink. It's $5.99, so it counts. <laughs> um, and uh, my food item, I'm going to be like really LA with this, but there's this green juice by Innocent. And it's called, it's so good. It's called Invigorate. And it has like matcha. Who knows okay. what matcha is, but matcha in it. I don't, and I it's, don't. It's like, it looks like it would taste like a leaf. And I don't, I don't do naked salad. Like I need a lot of dressing in that mix, but it's actually delicious. Um, and I feel like I could live on that, that mojo for a while. So I agree. Those are my yeah, answers. that's true. It's got all your nutrients in it you know mine's just dehydrated. Can be glowing. <laughs> oh man all right what was the latest tv show you binge watched binge watched okay um gosh hang on you, okay i'm gonna be, be like, right away because i know Shit's <laughs> creek Shit's creek, creek i am david Shit's creek Thank you for your time. <laughs> um i have not binge watched it but i did start i got through like most of season one but my last real binge was probably, okay, this is going to sound so trashy, Sister Wives. Ooh, that's a good one. I love I, it. Like reality TV. It. It's so good. I did that with the Real Housewives a couple months ago, and I just lived in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was like, Lisa! <laughs> there was there was a show on um, the the um, like treadmill that I was using at the gym, and it was... PSA, go it? to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Mine closed again. Thank you, COVIDers. I appreciate you being stale ham sandwich human beings and screwing up my workout regimen. <laughs> wait, so wait, much. wait. I want to circle back before you go on. What is a, define a stale ham sandwich human being? <laughs> it's uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. And I like cannot dry think of- and disappointing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you go in expecting one thing and you're like, First of all, you ordered a ham sandwich, so like you can only expect so much. But then you go in and it's stale, and you're like, "Okay, this is exactly what I should have expected from you." And thank you for proving me right. So, okay, and second of all, you're one of those people who either a doesn't check the dates on their food, which thoroughly freaks me out, or b one of the people who eats after date food, which <gasps> is terrifying. Even more so freaks me out. I have I'm a friend in- who like has a freezer full of old food, and I'm like, ah, 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 like no, <laughs> no, because like even frozen foods, like if I freeze turkey for too long, it's got that gray acidic. Uh, no, like it's like it's, it's it smells acrid when you're cooking it, and it's gray. Like that's nope, not nope, good. Nope. So no, absolutely not. Shame on you. Um, but yeah, Sister Wives is my latest binge, and I am just. Which sister wife do you most identify with? Not that Christine. Anyone's gonna Christine, know. easy, Christine. I'm like I don't know any of them, but <laughs> Christine. If you know Sister Wives, you know that Christine is definitely like the, She's the bubbliest. She mm. is. I mean, I, I have healthy doses of Janelle. Like she's practical, but she's also unfeeling. Like she's very cold, and mm. I'm not a cold person, but. The other two are like, ugh, they're total demons. It's disgusting. I hate them. But those are my sister wife opinions, just in case you I had a conversation with guy friends. It's funny that you use the word bubbly. I had a conversation with guy friends the other day. And someone, one of the girls that was in the room described another girl as bubbly. And the guy, without missing a second, goes, bubbly means fat. And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy code. If a girl describes her friend as bubbly... Oh. <laughs> she's, she is large like, like if a girl describes her guy friend as like he is so funny oh. that's the first thing is that the first no, thing that she says say that about someone i'd be like hey, first thing you say hey. no the first thing i say about a guy friend is like well he's cute because like i know that's what you're really asking i know mm, so see, mine would be tall 
(laughs) (laughs) That's also a good attribute. But if it's like, if it's not a physical attribute that you first use to describe your friend, it means your friend is not attractive. Oh man. So keep this in mind when you describe people. Like, if Although I'm, if someone describes you as bubbly, feel free to shade them because that's rude. Like, like, I would be so angry if you were implying that I was overweight by like, using a personality uh, trait. I well, am also, bubbly. Like, How dare you? <laughs> we also did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know that men thought that, you know? I know, right? This is, this is why we this need is, is to more be. insight into the male brain. The problem is Ugh, they don't have um, it. And finally- what is the next place on your vacation bucket list? Scotland. And why? I just really want to wear a kilt. Because you're near me and you yes. just want to be near me. Because I honestly, like the entirety of like the UK and the rest of the countries that surround it is on it's my bucket beautiful, list. beautiful, let so, me tell you. Like I already did Paris, which was great. I'd love to go back and do like maybe a little less of the touristy thing because we already yeah. did that, you know, and like experience Paris as Paris. But yeah. Um, on the day I was on today, I went, well, he like mentioned me going to don't Moulin Rouge. Don't tell too many things. Tease it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. I'll tell you about later. <laughs> the, um, the one and only date of today. And yeah, but you have dates like every week. I met like with him though. Um, <laughs> um, he asked me about Moulin Rouge and um, I can't remember what he asked me. He was like, oh yeah. He asked me like, oh, is that like a, like a show or something? And I was like, you don't know what Moulin Rouge is. What? Did you just imply that you didn't see Nicole Kidman get the performance <laughs> no, he of ask her me, life? He asked me when I saw the movie. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, but that's not the same. And like the snob in me came out. I was like, reel it back in. You know? Whoa. All right. What about yours? <sighs> Mine is definitely either like a Scandinavian country or Greece. <gasps> Greece um, would be cool. Living in the UK is beautiful for a number of reasons, but one of them is that the travel times are like hilarious. So I can literally get to Norway in like two hours on a plane, which is hilarious. Um, and Greece is like a three or four hour flight. Yeah, you can keep making that. <laughs> I mean, I go two hours, I'm still in New York. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, after this short break, we have tea of the week. So if you are actually listening, stay tuned. back (laughs) we're still figuring this out okay bear with us okay that way we can look back at this in 20 episodes or so and be like oh my god we were so inexperienced you mean after our first people's choice award of course of course (laughs) we'll look back on these tiny small moments (laughs) our first virtual emmy we've come (laughs) our our first and last virtual emmy um tea of the week so in this section basically it's just going to be a nice like funny story about what happened this week um we have very dull lives I have to say or at least I do um Emma is probably the most vivacious person out of this twosome and so we're really leaning on her a lot during these sections I'm gonna gonna do my best because I see a lot of subway creatures so I'm hoping yeah we're just hoping to keep this as entertaining as possible 
So your tea of the week actually has to do with your date, doesn't it? It does indeed. So listen, I think it is so important during these unprecedented times to get back out there, you know, especially with things finally reopening. Submit yeah, yourself. If COVID has <laughs> any message, it's get back out there. <laughs> <laughs> listen, social distance, but get out there. Um, get back in there is the COVID message, Emma. I don't know if you missed all the ad campaigns. But go back, back inside. What are you doing? the opposite of what we're asking. Listen, I, I, I got to New York in phase four, so I didn't have to suffer with everybody else. But mm. I'm still recovering from the, you know what? Quarantine has made me so antisocial that every chance I get to get out and like be who I was meant mm. to be, I take it. But don't worry, there were masks, there was distance between us, mostly by my choice. Uh, <laughs> Largely by my preference, but also by guidelines. Uh, but no, so I mean, it was fine, you know, like the date itself was fine, but. So can you talk a little bit about your relationship status without going too far into the X-Files? I am the most single, it's true. Um, Actually, I'm right now the most single. The thing- <laughs> of all the things I can think of to describe myself, single is at the top of the list. Um that's it's fine with me. Looking that's- for her spicy Dorito chip. <laughs> Excuse me. I want a cool ranch. Thank you. I'm a, cool- <laughs> I'm a regular ranch. Um, <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. I can't help it. Um, but <laughs> I went through a breakup in December, dabbled with a horrible person or two for a while. And now I'm like in that place where like, I don't know if I really want a boyfriend, but I like attention. So yeah. I go on dates. Um, so where did we source your date from today? Well, like coffee sourcing. Like, where did we get this roast from? <laughs> we got it from Hinge, mm. um, which I no longer, like, I technically still have an account because it hasn't expired yet, but I don't actively get onto it or use it. Mm. I get notifications from it of, like, so-and-so matched with you, which is what happened with this guy. And I went did in. you have to match with him first? No, so like it'll oh. tell anyone who like matches or likes you, it'll tell you, and then you have the chance to like them back or not. Okay, so it's not like Tinder or Bumble where both parties have to match each other before, mm. so it's more misogynistic. We like that, definitely. <laughs> um, which is whatever you know. And so Hinge had like it was a moment of weakness, and Hinge has all these great reviews. I was like, I'm gonna find true love, and I did it, and I was like, I regret everything. Oh, it's like in harmony, <clears throat> it just sucks you in, and it's yep. like. This will be. We've matched over 50,000 singles with their perfect partner. And they only show you like very specific couples that probably aren't even couples. So, um, but anyway, I was, before I was even going on the state, I was like, I don't even want to like meet this person because this is not how I want to meet somebody is an online template. And it was and just, I went. Nets, there I was at Starbucks paying for my own coffee. No, <laughs> did you? Yes. Uh. Yes, I did. Um, I mean, listen, I have nothing against people living with their parents, especially during COVID. It's like, especially in the city, even without COVID, it's a thing. Like people live with their families mm. and because it's so expensive to live here. Like I get How it. How old are we talking? He's 27. Here's the thing. He doesn't live in New York. He lives in Jersey. And, you know, like there were some cool things about him that I, I, that were fun to learn. But for the most part, it was just so awkward. And I told Hannah, like, call me in 30 minutes with a work thing. And she was too late. I had to extract myself. The helicopter did not come. I had Um, to extract myself. I was, and it was so funny this, this morning I was this close to being like, oh my gosh, I can't make it. Sorry. 
I know. <laughs> um, but my brain was like, it's impolite. You don't like other people do it to you. So you're going to go. And I was like, fine. And I went. So what was the best part about your date? Oh, gosh. Um, I got to see some really cool parts of New York City that I have not seen before because we were just walking. Oh, that's good. So I found some really cool shops that I like that I just happened upon because we were on Broadway in Manhattan and I was just, we were just walking and I was like, I like that store. I like that store. I like that store. And I tried to, he like walked me to the subway station, which didn't have a train that I could take. I was just trying to leave politely. (laughs) Um, And he walked me there and I was like, Hey, thanks. And he left. And I started being like, how do I get back to that street? Cause I really want to go see those shops, but it was just a mess. So, um, my message is don't use dating apps. My takeaway from Emma telling me about it was the best thing I got from this hinge date was new jeans. I forgot about that. But I was going to make that anecdote. Damn it. <laughs> Shoot. I did what I was waiting for him. Cause I was early, not on purpose. Um, I found a Zara and I'm obsessed. So I went in and I was like, doot, 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 doot. and then he texted me as I was like shopping. And I was like, oh, I guess I have to leave. Well, it's tough with Zara. Cause sometimes like, you can get away with a quickie, but typically you need a deep dive. You need to just be like hip deep in a rack of clothes. Yep. Just, like, <laughs> it's kind of like them. going to, I mean, it's not the same, but it's kind of like going to forever 21, where you're just like, I have to look at everything to find it something. Is. What about yours? My tea of the week is going to be the cow story. So I live in Cambridge, which is a university town. It's beautiful. There's lots of history. There's lots of parks. And one of the features of those parks is cows. Now you might be thinking, wait a minute, Hannah, you have just exposed yourself as a fraud. You obviously live in Cambridge, Massachusetts. There are no cows at Cambridge University. You'd be wrong. So I was walking, my fiance and I are basically helping host his parents because we're getting married soon. So we were taking a walk and there are cows that the university owns. I promise this is going somewhere. (laughs) So at one point in my life, I worked on a ranch for a couple summers in Ohio. I, we both grew up in the Midwest, although we didn't know each other then. But of course, destiny would cross our paths. Um, I worked on a ranch in Southern Ohio, so I have my fair share of country experiences. But I've always like I've always felt like I'm a city girl. You know, I'm like Sex in the City. I'm like a Miranda. I'm not a Miranda. I'm a Carrie. Um, you know, so we're all I've Carries to like, some degree. Yeah, I've always felt like a city person. Um, and I had that illusion shattered this week because I am engaged to a guy who is in agriculture, like drives tractors, drives tractors. And I now own multiple pairs of like just outdoor boots, which I think is just a sign that you you've officially crossed into the country territory. Um, I also own more than one piece of camo clothing. And I think right there, like you're done unless you are, you know, Bella Hadid, like your, your country. So I like to think of myself as a city person. Anyway, we're walking along in this field and there are cows walking on the pathway. Now, Mm -hmm. if you know anything about cows, they tend to not be the most violent creatures in the world. Um, usually if you just walk up to them, they'll move. Um, essentially 900 students were there and they were terrified of these cows. I mean, you would have thought they were cobras. Like they were Honey. walking across the field. They were cycling in mud. They were like, how do we get by these cows? And before I even had this, like the, the frame of mind to think about what I was saying or to like analytically react, I just heard myself say, 
city people. And I walked by the cows and I was like, oh no. Shame. <laughs> oh no. This you is crossed over. Yeah. So I'm expecting my Crocs to arrive any day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know some people that advocate for Crocs and I'm like, I'm not doing it. Um, I think we should go to put this in your bag. Do you want to explain the next section? Okay, so put this in your bag is just, it doesn't have to be beauty related, but just products that we are super into at this time. So, so for instance, mine would be the beauty scrub that I mentioned earlier, the Soap and Glory. Soap and Glory, sponsor us. I, my second one would be the, the Tardis Double Take Eyeliner. It's got liquid eyeliner on one side and then the, um, like coal pen on the other. Ta-da. I'm, I'm demonstrating right now. What's your current life goal? Is it my winged eyeliner? Yeah. I'm so bad at it. (laughs) Wait, does it look that bad? I think I did an okay job. Oh, it looks good. But she was like, she told me the other day, Emma was like, you know, I I think one of the main life goals right now is just achieving the perfect liquid line. And (laughs) it transported me back to Gilmore Girls because if you're- I forgot the liquid line. Like, you know that Francie and Rory had a conversation in the Chilton bathroom and Rory goes, you've had one goal this whole year. And Francie goes- to the perfect, the perfect liquid line. Liquid line. <laughs> yes, it is so hard. Down and to achieve the perfect liquid line. <laughs> so it is, it is so, it really is so hard. And like I. What a first world problem. It really is. This liquid liner <laughs> is so hard. But that's why I bought this because it glides. But the problem is that it comes on very easily, which means that it's very easy to mess up, which I do frequently. And mm-hmm. I use those like the makeup rag remover what is it called I don't remember the actual title maybe I'll reference it in another put it in your bag but it like but I have to start all over because I do eyeshadow first so then I have to like wipe the whole lid because I am a perfectionist and I can't stand when the line is too thick on one side and the other so that is a current ongoing struggle but I do find that this at least I don't have to like constantly go over it usually I can just do one line and it's good mostly today was I got lucky but not so in the past um third product is this coffee table that i bought from amazon um it's like a faux marble with gold accents and marble, if you will yes fireball <laughs> that sounds like a, like a really bad midwestern like minnesota in town fireball <laughs> i was in fireball don't you know <laughs> Oh man. Um, but I really like it. It's like, it's not super heavy, but it's like sturdy at the same time. And I have this like white gold pink teal aesthetic in my home and it fits in perfectly. It's like a general white gold pink. <laughs> it's fine. It's just super um, fun fact because I have a deep, dark obsession with DIY shows. Marble is actually a really dangerous material to choose because Hmm. it stains it's really porous so if you're somebody who has like wine glasses or drinks that like spill a little bit or even just like seep out moisture marble is the worst thing for you to get you should opt for a granite or a quartz I definitely would think I would like to think I would go quartz in my kitchen if I had such liberties I love a quartz um I love a quartz (laughs) I have so much to say about kitchen quartz (laughs) all right I'm so I can't wait for that to come up. <laughs> that is a good story. Um, <laughs> the time yeah. is now. Stay tuned for an amazing story from Paris that has absolutely nothing to do with Paris. Um, my put this in your bag this week is something that is near and dear to my heart. It is something that I believe is very fiscally responsible. I can't do math, so I've never checked it, but I think it's saving me money. 
Um, I am a sparkling water queen. I don't drink plain water. Life is too short for plain water. So I drink sparkling water. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Part of the funnest part of being in Paris was everybody was just like so aware and ready for sparkling water. The same is really true in the UK. Like it's very rare that someone would be like, what? Um, but I drink a ton of sparkling water and I got a soda stream and I don't use any of the soda accoutrements. Mm -hmm. All I use is sparkling water. Um, honestly, it's like having a champagne fountain with my favorite thing in it. Um, I've always wanted one. So it's good that I know someone that Alec is, has an honest review of it because I've always been like, is it worth it? Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? Um, the other thing I'm super obsessed with, um, I binge watched the home edit on Netflix and it is genuinely my new obsession. I love color organizing things. And I think, I think it's the beginning of a really OCD tendency, but I got into my life, the home edit book and I <gasps> organized like several drawers of clothing Funny. and it really just made my heart sing. Does it like help you create space with your clothing? Yeah. It helps okay. you like reorganize, create space. Like you create zones. It's a system, um, but you create zones. Emma, if you keep texting, I will throw my phone through the screen. I'm listening to you. You know, this is this is just disrespect. I'm in the this middle. Is just like me. Oh my. Put it in the back. I, you know what? You are like a so, You know what? I don't want to get into this while we're recording. I will not subject my listeners to my wrath. So stop with your pointy fingers. I'm tiny here. hand judges you. <laughs> I do this thing when I'm upset where I clench all of my fingers together so it like. You know the like the claw. Talking, not talking thing. Do that, and I'm like Ross thing. Someone's face. So it's just a very tiny hand, and it's coming at you. Um, that is what it looks. Anyway, like. I'm, I'm obsessed here. with the home edit book. I know, I know. Um, and finally, the makeup bullet. Now you might be thinking, is this for a gun? My answer is no. It is like a actually, yeah. Blender. You shoot it at your face, and your makeup just goes on. <laughs> yeah it works fantastically um so it's like a beauty blender but you can use it dry which I'm super obsessed with because I think the thing I like least about beauty sponges is that so you have to get them wet yeah that you have to get them wet and then like it spreads your product all but I can't brush a foundation like I think it's voodoo hoodoo like I don't know how these booty gr- booty gurus booty gurus. These, booty gurus, <laughs> these beauty gurus that I watch on YouTube I'm like okay and they're like, buff it in, pat, swirl, pop it. And like, <laughs> just it. <laughs> I, I do the things that they do. And I slowed it. Like I've gone so far obsessionally as to like slow down the video and be like, <gasps> stop. I'm doing. <laughs> I still cannot put honey on my face with a brush because I'm inept. So anyway, I have to use a sponge or I will look cray cray. And the beauty, the, um, makeup bullet is is really nice I used on my under eyes today and it was because um, I'm doing this thing now I used to be like a full beat girl every day like full face beat all the time because I have bad skin um and then I went like a year on like an eat pray love kind of kick where I was like I need to learn to love my skin and I need to stop wearing makeup for like a year and just let her breathe because honestly like 25 years 26 years of full makeup since I was a baby (laughs) no out of the womb (laughs) a long time ago I started wearing makeup like eighth grade 
So I have to think like every single day I've piled makeup on my face. So give yourself a year, give yourself a break. I'm now in the stage of like gently reintroducing the stimuli. So Mm. I'm doing like a casual concealer under eye and like any blemishes that I have with just some mascara and a brow. So the makeup bullet. Okay. I love, I love that. We have another section coming up next and I can't wait for you guys to hear it, but you have to stay tuned. next section is called sip on this this is well it's supposed to be the majority of our podcast but (laughs) (laughs) hello you're still with us get another drink listen i will be honest i don't drink tea but i do drink coffee i am a coffee girl i drink tea when it comes with coffee like a dirty child do but I don't, I don't. Well, do that's that. like sacrilege because you live in the UK. So you're sinning. I know. Like so many people are like, you don't drink tea and I can drink like a cuppa, but it's just not my, it's not my scene usually. Listen, I microwave my water. So deal with that UK urines. <laughs> I think the zing was lost at UK urines. <laughs> I, think, I think they'll recover from that. UK urines, whatever. British might be another nope. word you can use. Nope. <laughs> I'm referring to all of them collectively. What we want to talk about today is a little word that I created called friend B and it stands for friend envy. (laughs) And basically a lot of our conversations have kind of consisted of like experiences we've both had Um, probably more so you. (laughs) Oh, 1000%. We've both had where like either a friend will be jealous of us, of our relationship, of us individually, or like put pressure on us or, um, so I would really love to start it off with an anecdote of mine. Tell me. Um, so we, Emma and I met at a language school that we both went to when we were just little wee babies. We were 19, just knee high to a grasshopper and, and out there living life. Um, it was in California. So we were doing kind of like, it was really fun. Like we were, we were young. We were driving a lot. We were shopping way too much. We were spending a lot of cards because <laughs> we, we went to San Francisco understand. like every weekend. <laughs> it was free money. It was, money. It was not like, free money. The giant narrator voice needed to tell us everything was not fine. <laughs> like it was not free money. So I'm still literally paying for this. Please don't yeah, get a credit I start, card. I stopped paying off like two years ago. So PSA for anyone who happens to be 18 and listening, don't. <laughs> don't spend anything on your credit card. Uh-uh, don't do it ever. Not supervision. 50 bucks max. Anyway. So we actually met kind of by accident. Um, so we lived in different buildings. This is like an on-campus school. So we lived in different buildings and I was close friends with a girl that I'd met who lived in my building like day one. Um, you know, you just kind of form those like instant friendships with people. It's really not that deep. It's just like, Oh, we kind of get along. Let's do stuff together because I don't want to be alone. Why not? Um, yeah, we're new here. Why not hang out? So we happened to be going into her building to visit another friend of ours. And she was in the like lounge, the common lounge area. She was wearing a baseball cap, an orange V-neck shirt, American Eagle jeans, 
and she had like a mop, like a and mop <laughs> gloves, like aggressively in her hands. And I was like, I think it I was a struggle. Jeans or something. Yeah. I was like, you have really cute jeans. Like that's the thing I noticed. But okay, <laughs> I was like, you have really cute jeans. She's like, thanks. Um, and literally, I don't remember a time after that that we weren't friends. It's true. It was instantaneous. We just literally started getting along. Okay. <laughs> Well, obviously this is fate. So. She, she commented me, so I love her. So that's it. <laughs> I'm a dead um, But this other girl that I had been friends with, I just kind of drifted away from, not because, you know, anything was wrong necessarily, but she got into a relationship with another friend of ours. So I think it just was like a natural parting yeah. of the hearts. Um, but there was a lot of resentment there. I think in the sense of like, she felt like I had thrown her over for you, um, which in some cases was true. It's not, it's not true. Um, but like when you have a connection, like we have, it's just, you get along on so many different levels that it's just so easy to spend a ton of time together. Whereas like, I think other friendships, like you really have to kind of churn the butter to like Mm -hmm. make it nice. You know what I mean? Like you really have to work at it and like, you're constantly adding milk and you're like, Oh my God. And if you're me, you can't even drink it. So it's just just dangerous territory. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like general friend B. Yeah. So yeah. yours is a little more deep. <laughs> well, I've experienced this in many, in many different dimensions, right? Like I've had it happen to me and I've had it happen like about my other friends. Like it was hard for me when you moved away because you were making church friends and it was like, there is a natural envy there because even though like I I'm confident in our connection, yeah. like the fact that I couldn't be your maid of honor because I wasn't there um was like tragic to me not because like I'm getting married next month in England and COVID so yeah I can't (laughs) I mean like that's it I can't go I can't be there you know so like even though like I would never want to make it about me like ever and as your happiness is like the most important to me which is like the difference between a toxic friendship and like where friend V is common I think yeah versus like I think that's a natural thing. Like if I think that vice versa, you would probably feel a similar way. Cause like, absolutely. I would. So, but I never, that never was a point of contention between us. Whereas with this other person, um, it's been ongoing for a while. You know, this is not a new topic for me anyway. And it was like, once again, it was almost an accidental friendship. It just sort of happened because we were in the right place at the right time. And back then we were such very different people you know, um, than you are now for sure. Oh, most definitely. And that's, I think that's a good thing. I don't want to be who I was when I met this person, you know, like I would, that would be really backwards for me, but, um, be like younger and not as well. Yeah. Um, I floating universe. And it's so weird because it's not like, I don't feel particularly close to this person. I don't feel that this is like necessarily a sustainable relationship for the rest of my life. But at the same time, they have like, even with you, they've experienced, I think probably almost especially with our friendship that they've experienced this, you know, and um, it's unfortunate because to me, there was never any competition in my head, you know, like you're different people. This is a different friendship. But there was a time when like, you would visit with them or talk to them and she would be like, almost trying to rub it in my face. And I was like, okay, like I'm confident in my relationship and friendship with this person. Like that doesn't mean anything to me, you know, like I don't feel that you can quote unquote steal friends away if the friendship is real, you know? Well, and 
not to sound terrible, but I became friends with this person because you were friends with this person. Like I didn't independently in and of myself go, Oh, this would be a great person that I could see myself being friends with in 10 years. This was just your friends with her, i.e. I need to get along with her because <laughs> group outings. Like right. it's one of those, like you have to get along with them or you have to ignore cinnamon with a Y, you know, mm-hmm. whoever she is, like you have to either ignore her or become friends with her. Yeah. Which would have been awkward for everybody. And yeah. that has, that was the dynamic for like a really long time. Yeah. Up until, up until you moved for sure. Um, I would say, I mean, like not so much because you were in a different state. Um, but and like, so visits would kind of be like that, but now it's like, that's not to the degree at all. But in general, in my experience, it has presented this, this friend me has presented itself as very biting comments mm. and very much so like trying to put me down, mm. especially in front of those people, you know? Yeah. And I don't, in, in my head, I'm like, I don't know what that would accomplish, you know, <laughs> like to put down the person like I'm the middleman. You're putting me down. What do you think that's going to do between you and this other person? You know, like, are they going to suddenly be like, you're so right. You know, like, she is a crap friend. <laughs> DP. Let's you know, just and that was true in junior high, you know, like mm-hmm. I definitely have done bad things to people that I said were my friends when I was growing up and like kind of figuring it all out. And I regret those things, but as an adult, I would just never do that. So yeah. that's how that my experience has always been like very much so like you need this other person, you need to be on a higher level for whatever reason than me. And as like, and as long as you always feel like you have like the, like the, um, what word am I looking for? The high ground. High ground yeah. Yes. As long yeah. as you have the high ground, then the dynamic is good, you know, yeah. which has presented itself in many different forms, especially with our current lifestyle differences. Yeah. And I think as well, like observing the friendship as a third party, I think there's always been like a, a self-created competition that I think most healthy friendships don't have. Definitely. In a healthy friendship, like I would say we have a healthy friendship, but in a healthy friendship, you don't have like a me versus you thing. You have an, like a you thrive and I thrive and we thrive. Like definitely it doesn't impact me that you're doing well, except to make me happy. Like right. it makes me happy that you're doing well. It doesn't like, oh, I need to get X, Y, and Z because she's doing well. Um, oh, I need to get a high power job because she moved to New York city. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't, it doesn't create that drive in you. And I think in a lot of, I would say longer term toxic friendships, there's almost this like, anything you can do, I can do better. And like you, the other person almost wants you to be small. Mm -hmm. And if you're not consistently small, they have to point out how you're small. Right. I totally agree. And it's, it's almost like, it's just too bad, you know, because to me, I don't feel, I don't reciprocate the feeling, you know, like what you're doing in your life. Honestly, like, I'm happy that you're happy, but I don't care. I just don't care. Like that's your life. It's, you've made it very clear you don't care what's going on in mine. And I can't waste energy trying to like match yours, you know, like what's your vibe? I don't know. You do you like that's, and I, you know, everyone says you do you. And like half the time, I think they don't mean it, but I really mean it. <laughs> like you do no, you. like actually <laughs> you do you boo 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 boo. <laughs> leave me over here by myself. I love it over here alone. It's great. 
I think in general though, like most of, I would say the social media generation, like the millennial, especially the elder millennials, but the millennials, there's a lot of like life pressure frenzy that like mm-hmm. once your friends start getting married and start having babies, there's this like quiet creep in of like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, like, <laughs> um, so what about you? And you're like, oh, <laughs> my cat and I are learning to knit together. So that's cool. two dogs. We chill. Like, that's it. Um, but it's funny because I think it's quick how t- tables can turn. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know this, but for anybody else who doesn't actually know us and listens to this, I, um, I was the single friend. Like Emma was not the single girlfriend. I was the single girlfriend Ever. and Emma had many relationships that were long-term relationships. And I was just out here with my boulder, like, that's a nice boulder. I like that boulder. <laughs> Wait, where you going? Oh. Yeah. But I always like, I was never in a place where I was dating someone consistently. I had situationships, but they never really evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I got caught in a lot of like, I like this person, but this person likes that person. So nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of pining. Uh, that's where I'm at now. It's awful. It's the worst. So, but yeah, I think like, there's a lot of, um, as an engaged person, I have seen people immediately change the way they treat me based on mm-hmm. that alone. Isn't that crazy? It's weird. Cause I get developing couple friends because you do need them. Like sure. as a, an engaged couple, even as a dating couple, you really need to have like couple friends to talk couple things with, mm-hmm. and you need single friends to talk like individual stuff with, but I just think there's this like quiet creep in of like, how soon after you guys get married are you having babies? And I'm like, oh my you gosh, yeah. To put the brakes on, Hanay. <laughs> put that far away. Thank you. These ovaries are closed until 2023 at least. So just <laughs> let's all take a collective chill pill. <laughs> like, and you know, like, I, I agree that like, like you need to surround yourself with people who are in similar situations as you. But I see so many people make marriage and parenthood their entire identity and then they use that almost as like leverage against people that aren't at the same place as them and it's a lot of like social media posts about like oh look at my and I'm happy that your kid is there I'm happy that your fiance is there I have fiance posts you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but like I don't do it like a Monday thing like Mm -hmm. I don't I think once you do it to the point that it's so routine I suspect it's less genuine. Like I just wanted to post this because I liked it and it's more, I'm proving a point to this person or I'm trying to show that person that I am succeeding or like, I think it, you create like a pseudo blog of people who are following along with your life that like really not that many people are. I think, you know, you could just live your authentic life and people would be more interested than if you're like, See this pose that my son took 19 years ago. Here's another pose that my son took 18 years ago. And here's another pose that my son took 17 years ago. And it's just like all of these things that are not reflecting any emotion. They're not telling me anything about your life. They're just like cue prop kid to show you that I'm succeeding at life. Yeah. And you know, like some people that, so for the longest time I wanted to be a mom, like that was my thing, right? Like I want to be a mom, but at the same time I had to admit to myself, like other than that, I didn't know what I wanted to do, which is why I based my entire life in like, this is like the job that I want. And you know, there's some people that like being a stay at home mom is what they want. And I totally advocate for that. You know, that's a different kind of empowerment, but 
for me, That's a different kind of strong. I could not do. I that. could not. I don't want to. I can't even be around my dogs that long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will lose my mind, and I don't want to be that person. So, but you know, at the same time, like, I, I don't. Even though people probably would try to, like, you know, bring up those emotions in me, you know, yeah. like they can't because it's just not. That's not where I'm at anymore. You know. And I think also if you get to the point where you're using your kids as markers of your own success, you're on a dangerous path. Cause like, even as a mom, you still have to have your own identity. You still have to have, it's just like in a couple, like, yes, you absolutely become one entity as two different people coming together, but you still have to retain some individual traits. Like you can't just be absorbed into this blob of like oneness with your partner, or you start getting the, we people, we love doing this and we love doing that. And we, 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 we. And it's like, I, I, I am a weir. I use we. And if anybody in the UK just heard that, they would die because we is our word for pee, pee. here. So, <laughs> um, but I, I use we, you know, I talk about my fiance as a we, but I think it's when you start to lose individual conversation and you just completely devote yourself to whatever this other thing is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a dark path. I'm a hundred percent guilty of that. So, I mean, yeah. because because I was in that place of like I mean this is a different topic for a different day but like when you're trying to like convince someone that you're worthy of them you your whole life revolves just don't (laughs) don't do it I mean like you know it's easier said than done when you're in it you don't even realize that you're doing it but I had like very few individual relationships because I would purposely avoid them to avoid that kind of distress you know like it was so hard to maintain my own identity because I was already on eggshells all the time. So you had to convince them that you were good enough and you didn't know which layers of yourself yeah. qualify. Right. So, yeah. And, and there was a part of me that's like, Oh, if I have male friends, that means that I'm not finding fulfillment here or this, this way or that way, you know, like, which is, is like a bleak outlook. <laughs> very sad. And like, I'm very happy that I had friends that like maintained their friendship with me throughout that because I was not the same person. So Thank the Lord. But so kind of to bow tie this, like, what do you do if you find yourself in a friend B situation? Like, what do you do in a toxic friendship? How do you you mean? Like if they're enacting friend B upon me? Yeah. If they're enacting friend B upon you, how do you as a person react? Because as much as like, you can be like, Oh, stay in your lane. Like that's their problem. Mm -hmm. It does affect you. Like it affected me. Um, every time that I experienced this with friends, like I would feel a sense of guilt. I'd wonder if I could have done more, if I should have behaved differently, if I did do what they made me feel like I did. So Mm -hmm. how do you deal? Um, If it's in that stage where the friendship is already toxic, like, so if I was experiencing it with you, I would communicate that because I feel like that's healthy. And we have that kind of relationship where I can trust that that communication is not going to like come back to bite me, you know? But in this sort of situation where you're like, this is happening all the time. They're like, this isn't the only situation in where they've made me feel like crap about one thing or another. This is just our friendship. This yeah. is just it. That's not a friendship and it's over. Yeah. That's it. I'm sorry. You know, like I will always care about you in a way. And yeah. if you really, really need me, like I'll be there. But like deathbed kind of need me, you know? Oh like. <laughs> if it's less than a car crash, I'm not coming. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because I can't. 
I can't put myself through that anymore. I did it for yeah. years. You know, I've done it with more than one person. I've done this multiple times with like different people and I don't have the energy and all it does is hold me back. And I won't let anyone hold me back again, let alone and someone. Friend who's breakups friend. are just as bad, if not worse than relationships. They're very painful. Like, they take a lot of emotion and processing. Because normally like you have someone to turn to and that person is gone, yeah. you know? But literally, it's like what I said to you earlier. I am too old to be friends with people I'm not actually friends with. Like, I have absolutely made it a rule. I'm in my late 20s. Like, I'm not – we're both 27, so (laughs) – Hello. Um, 27 going on 40, am I right? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just – I think you have to get to a point in your life. And, I mean, the earlier you reach it, the better. But I think you have to reach a point where you're like – if I'm not actually friends with you, do I see myself in 10 years friends with you? Like not chatting with you on Facebook, but like actually no kidding in your life friends with you. And if you see those people invest that time. And I think in the people that you don't like, you just have to be real. Like mm-hmm. this isn't middle school. We're not going to people's pool parties. Like we're not going to be friends with everybody. It's a fact. And you probably won't see them very often anyway, at that point, you know, like, for a friendship to reach that point, you're probably already separated by most likely literal miles. And yeah. so it won't be as hard. And honestly, it's natural. You know, like everyone has this obsession and myself included of like hanging on to friendships for the sake of the friendship because of what it was at one point. And that's like true of relationships in general, but for the sake of this argument, you yeah. know, I fight very hard to maintain relationships that are already dead. And it's, it's not just like you though. It's, it's called the sunken cost fallacy, I think, but it's a philosophical term. I talked about it last time with you when we talked about like relationships and staying in beyond the expiration date, but Mm -hmm. like, because you invested 10 years in something doesn't make it a good investment. The fact that you have put that time in that time is gone. Like you can't get it back. So if you invested, let's say in a stock for 20 years and it was a terrible stock, that doesn't mean that you should keep investing in it. Mm-hmm. It's the same with a friendship. So like, just because you had 18 years in it, that doesn't make it a valuable friendship. Like I ended a friendship that we'd been friends since we were kids, like four and five kids. And, um, you know, I have nothing but kind words for her, but she crossed a line that I didn't see a way back from. And there wasn't a genuine connection to build that up. The wedding story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at her like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, another story. For I her. remember her. That was irre- you know, irreparable. There's nothing you can do with that. But this is it. It's like, if you had a genuine connection, if you had a day-to-day friendship, you could probably come back from something like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Words spoken in the heat of the moment. Of course you can rebuild and repair. But when you have like such a tethered connection of like, just we've been friends forever you know, like Mm -hmm. there's, there's no foundation to build upon. And so if you do something horrible, like, yeah, I forgive you, but that doesn't mean that you have a place at my table still. Yeah. And these people that you experience these things with, they are likely also talking to you about other people they claim to be friends with. Also true. And that should only lead you to wonder, like, what are you saying about me? hundred percent. You know, any final thoughts? Before we move on to our next section. No, that's all I've got. Um, you know, just sometimes you got to put yourself first. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, like you, 
you never need to apologize for growth. I think a lot of times people want you to stay in the place that you were because that's where the friendship was formed. You should never say you're sorry for getting better, getting stronger, getting any moving up in the world. Mm -hmm. Regardless if they're coming with you or not, you know? Yeah. Like reason or season. Some people just don't need to stay in your life, you know? And that's okay. And that's okay. All right. So we're going to do one more break and then we have another, our final section that we're like super stoked about. So excited. So don't you dare click anything. Don't do it. Please. (laughs) We're all don't you dare. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Be back soon. was a more extensive break than usual because I don't know why but it was hilarious I was like I'll just keep playing until you come back and hope for the best <laughs> um I've decided that if podcasting is really going to take off for me I need to just invest in a catheter so I agree coming. we should both medical journey <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you love that journey for you you David <laughs> David Shit's Creek reference. I'm telling you, if you're not on the wagon, get on it. Get on it. We're going slow so you can, you can catch up. We're just, I mean, sh- this she is already done. I mean, okay, I would well. watch again. Though. I'm, I'm waiting. Don't worry. Would you would watch again. Um, so this last section is a little something that we have invented mostly because we don't have fans <laughs> yet. <laughs> and tea. Okay. So a little bit like fancy, still revolving around tea. We love a theme. We love an aesthetic. We love to sip it. (laughs) We love to sip it. So for fancy tea, if we had fans, they would write in questions. Since we are talking to ourselves, we don't have fans. Um, But your girl loves the research question. That's true. We love to Google. We do. We love a Google. (laughs) So I found the most Googled relationship questions of 2017. And I think we should tackle them. I think we should talk about them. Being of sound mind and below average breast size, (laughs) we are prepared. Hey, I've got a 36C. Leave me out of this. I'm a 36A, so. Take them. You can have them. Ooh, mine are too big as it is. (laughs) What's it feel like to not have to wear a bra? Uh, It doesn't because I'm old and they don't (laughs) smell. You know what? I Screw the patriarchy. I'm not wearing a bra. (laughs) (laughs) It was a glorious two weeks at 24. Let me tell you. Okay, so this question is really just uh, over to you, Emma. It's directly up your alley. I can't How wait. do you get over a relationship? Well, let me tell you. I'm very lucky to have a very close relationship with my mother. So breakups have always been a little easier for me because I have that person to turn to. But if you don't, turn to me and I will be your mother and tell turn you. We tell- will be your queen bees. I'll be your mommy. Your collective hive mother. Hi. We're here for you, babies. 
Take some honey. Um, <laughs> and I kiss. <laughs> and I kiss. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, all I can say is time. You know, that is such a cliche. Everyone says time heals all wounds, but it's true. You know, like I, not only time. I won't say like if you're not doing any internal work, time's not going to do anything for you. Yeah, you can be obsessed with anybody. So, and I have been, trust me. But what you need to do is, um, you know, there's definitely a strength that comes with this that not everyone has right at the bat. So like, for instance, my first real breakup was when I was 16 and it was devastating. And I thought that it was never going to end. And I didn't know how to deal with that because I've never had experienced it. And then I experienced real heartbreak when I was 23 and it is not comparable in the least to what I experienced when I was in high school. So I would say like, you need to understand that nothing is going to happen in change if you're sitting reveling in the breakup. So you need to set a time limit for mourning because everyone says like, it takes half the time you were in a ship to, mo- I, that's total crap. I totally disagree with that. Like it takes the amount of time that you were willingly let it take, you know, like I could, I could definitely still be in a place where I'm like butthurt over my last breakup because I, he did me dirty, but I, value myself he broke up with her on her doorstep twice more on that next (laughs) (laughs) fabulous um anyway (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i hate myself for it i hate myself for it no um you know you the more that you wake up and you just let that like let it overtake you like you have to put your feet on the floor and you have to move you have to do stuff and it's so hard i can't describe how hard it is until you experience it you don't know how hard it is but that is the only way through. The only way out is through. I totally believe in these cliches because I have experienced them firsthand. You can dream it. You can do it. But I would say like, there is no one size fits all for getting over a relationship, you know, mm. but I think that everyone should consider therapy. Absolutely. Um, I don't have much to say on this because but situationships hurt very badly. Yeah. Sometimes. I've been, I've been in a lot of Breakups is what I call them, which are fake breakups because we weren't in a relationship. So one cannot break up what does not exist. However, in my situationship experience, it typically comes from like false expectations. Like I've built this person up to be something that they're actually not. And then I'm doing that right now. I'm (laughs) mourning the loss (laughs) right as we speak. In my head, it's constant. The loss of this relationship fantasy that doesn't exist because Mm -hmm. this is not who this person is. Hence the fake up. Um, And I think the easiest thing for you to do in any breakup situation is anchor yourself to reality. This person is not oxygen. This person is not life support. And it's really easy to get into a codependent pattern where this person, whoever they are, becomes your whole universe, your whole identity, like we talked about earlier. So I think, A, like, actually, it will be fine. And just repeating that to yourself and breathing is important. And then I think also, like, you have to realize that no matter how perfect they were, if it didn't work, it, it wouldn't have worked in the future. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of circumstantial moments where people were like, I've done this where like, Oh, he didn't like me now, but he'll like me. And, you know, as soon as I can convince him or in five years, or if I do this, or if I achieve this, and it's like, if you, as you is not good enough, no circumstance amount of time, correct lighting, hashtag Mariah Carey mm-hmm. will get you this person because mm-hmm. this isn't your person. 
It's true. And that's, and, and that's okay, you know, and it's hard to come to terms with at the time, you know, because you're just like, but your idea of them is most likely 90% incorrect. And 90% from your own brain. Absolutely. You take little bits of them, you take little bits of them and you're like, uh, you're like putting your, you know, faces together in a, in a wedding ceremony. You're like, oh, this is what we look like on our marriage. Like when we're, when we're getting married. This but you always build like a Frankenstein. So you yes. always build like all these pieces of this guy that he may or may not even have these actual qualities, but you construct this person. And then when they don't meet that expectation, you think it's like a crack in the relationship, but it's actually because they were never that person. You wanted them to be something that they mm-hmm. never started out as. So I think the other thing, just to kind of close the loop on this, because I guess we could probably talk about this forever. I love what Emma said about like timelines, like set yourself a time limit, but also really let yourself feel it when it's initially happening. Like a lot of people try not to grieve and they try to just bottle it and stuff it and like move on too quickly. It'll hit you. So just like have a couple days where you just like accept that you're going to be gross and crying and watching whatever movies make you cry and just really allow yourself to let it go, mm-hmm. like release it. Eventually you will get sick of crying. Yeah. Or you'll dehydrate and you'll need to get like, yeah, both. both of them. Both. All right. The next question. What does a healthy relationship look like? I um, don't know. <laughs> first of all, I think it's really bleak that like these are the most Google things of 2017. Um, how do you get so over true. a relationship? What does a healthy relationship look like? <laughs> Emma has met my fiance. So you can contradict me if you think I'm wrong. I feel like we have a pretty healthy relationship. I'm potentially biased, but I feel like we're <laughs> pretty healthy. And I think most of that comes from we went into it knowing each other as people, as friends. Um, so we didn't have false expectations. We didn't have kind of an illusion of like, oh, this is who this person's going to be and blah, blah, blah. And then also we both went into it looking for long-term relationship. So on our first date, I was, I told him point blank. I'm like, I don't want to date someone that I'm not going to marry. I'm in my mid twenties. That's the phase of life I want to enter into. So it's totally fine if that's not where you're at, but I don't want to date to date. I'm not here to get coffee dates or to get drinks. Like I can entertain myself. I was an only child for 10 years. I enjoy my own company. I don't need a date to date. I want a partner. And also looking at like, communication is the key. You have to have good communication with one another. And that's how that expectations thing gets taken away. Because if you never explain what you're expecting, you're always going to be let down and you're always going to have miscommunications with your partner because they'll say, well, I thought this and you thought this, but neither of you communicated that. So you're on different pages. And then you always end up being let down by the other person because you never started out with a clear communication. It's like speed limits. You can't expect people to intuitively know how fast they should go on a road. You have to set a speed limit. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. I think the other thing would be be okay with them not being the one. I think throughout my relationship with my fiance, I had to just kind of foot stomp to myself. If he left, I would live. I would go on. It wouldn't be fun. I wouldn't enjoy it. I really love him. He's great. But this is not the end of my life. This is not the moment of no return from which I can't crawl out of this pit. Like if we don't Mm -hmm. stay together, I will be okay. You know, it's funny that you say that because I have used that to myself 
in relationships that I knew were doomed from the start. Like I knew that we weren't going to get married deep down, but I didn't want to come to terms with that. So I was always something in my head like, well, if they left, I am not good. I can't break up with people. I won't do it because I have definitely like, I'm that person who like, if I'm loyal to you, even if you suck, like that's it. And it's not a good trait to have. It's called codependent. (laughs) And you know, fact that I went on a date today is sort of like contradictory to the thing that I've been telling myself and that I'm trying to come to a place where my only dependence is on myself and you know I'm a faithful person so like in my faith as well but me telling myself that like if they left I'd be okay it's because I knew I wasn't supposed to be with them and I think as soon as you get that gut I think you have to break it off you have to we were talking about this today actually so Emma did kind of an Irish exit from her date. Um, She extracted herself. (laughs) Um, And I was like, I don't think I've ever done this because A, I've been on like five dates in my life, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But I don't think I've ever sat down at the table and told a person, hey, um, just so you know, this isn't going to go anywhere. Um, I had a great time. I didn't have a great time. I had an okay time. Thank you for (laughs) joining me and fair winds, you know, good luck. Yes, that is, you know, my... My version of that is saying it was nice to meet you. But that's not what that communicates. Which I learned from he's just not that into you. It's so nice to meet you. Uh, it's true. And but that's that's a confrontation that I'm not good at because I hate to disappoint people. Which is really funny because you're a very confrontational person. It's true. I'm a very <laughs> abrasive person, but I don't like to quite hurt, happy to have a debate. <laughs> I love that. I don't like to needlessly hurt people's feelings though. You know what I'm saying? Like, but is it more needlessly hurtful to give them like a window where really there's a wall? Well, usually the same day later at some point later that day, later that day, <laughs> I'll be like, Hey, you know, just so you know, like I'll do that conversation. I had a good time. Um, I see this only as a friendship unfortunately or you know not for me like maybe for you like (laughs) whatever but I don't see this going anywhere beyond friendship and I send them the Chris Harrison gift if you did not receive a rose I'm sorry you have to say your goodbyes (laughs) um it's facts but I I can't it's hard for me to watch that in person it's very hard for me and I don't know if that's healthy or unhealthy like because I don't I don't try to lead anyone on you know so if they're telling me like, oh, I want a relationship on the date and I already know, like, I don't want one. I'll be like, oh, well, I'm in a different place right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. like maybe try to stifle it a little bit, but you try to give subliminal hints yes. when you could but just men say, suck at it. Y'all don't take hints. I don't know. <sighs> but guys are, what did he's just not that into you teach us. He's they're so simple. It's they're true. so simple. Like <laughs> has to ask me all the time. What are you feeling right now? are you, are you happy? Are you hungry? I don't know what that face means. And I'm like, I'm just thinking, but what is, but what are you feeling? Cause he doesn't know. Yeah. For him, it's like, is it a big feeling or a little feeling? It's <laughs> like, so funny because we like, we're such, they, they think we're complicated and we think the same, right? We're like, oh, men are so complicated when really like they're so simple. And I have had to come to terms more than once that like, if he liked me, he would do something about it. Yep. And if you don't do anything about it, either you're trying to play a game that I want no part in yuck or you you don't like me but then it comes into like oh does he like me he doesn't think i'm gonna like him and this is and that and i'm like no that's what i'm doing <laughs> i have to you have to remind me on a future podcast to tell the antarctica story because it's really oh my god that was so crazy <laughs> um final question okay how this is again bleak like i'm sorry 2017 your relationships have not been kind to you 
how do you know if the relationship is over? Ooh, how don't you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thinking of someone who conveniently avoids conflict at every turn. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> um, I mean, give me your thoughts on it. I, I think you always know. Mm-hmm. I think if you allow yourself to ask yourself questions, or especially if your friends ask you questions, like, how's it really going? You're like, it's fine. And then, okay. Are you guys getting along really well? Uh, sometimes. But like, I think as soon as you hear the high pitched voice, like, you know, you know that you know that you know Mm -hmm. that this is not your person. And I don't know what form it comes in. Maybe it comes in like a realization one day. Maybe it comes gradually over time. You're like, oof, this is not my, this is not Mm -hmm. my person. But I think most of the time we try to repress it because we think they'll become our person. Mm -hmm. If we just give them the right circumstances, if we just grow them in the right light, if we water them enough they will become this mythical person that we thought they could be. Yeah. I think also a lot of it is like, we don't know if we can do better. And so oh my gosh. the fear like, is a big factor to be sure. Step out of what we already have. Yeah. But I think you just, as a woman, at least you really have a gut intuition. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, like you just know. Um, and I think it's also interesting because in other podcasts that I listen to, they're like, I've been in dating this guy for nine years and we're getting along, but I just don't know if he's my person. I'm like, he's not your person because you ask yourself that after that long of time, what are you doing? What you wouldn't be writing into an advice line yeah. like that about your relationship for a question like that, yeah. unless you knew, unless you knew. Not your person. but you wanted someone else to tell you because that makes it easier for you. Exactly. Because like with my fiance, I love him. I know that I know that I know he's my person. And there's no question in my mind. And we've only been together for two years. Like, but it's also a choosing thing. So mm-hmm. once you tie yourself to that person, once you get married or long-term commitment, whatever, you have to keep choosing them every day. So if you didn't yeah. choose them in the initial dating period, you're definitely not going to choose them Yeah, 20 years down the line when they're balding. And- um, yeah, I, I think that the fear factor is like huge on that. Um, my, first, <laughs> my first serious relationship, I knew it was over when I started to like have this dread in my stomach of being around him it was like I would be at his apartment and we'd just be like doing something normal watching tv where normally like I really enjoy his company but then I'd be like man like I really just like want to go home so if you hear my dog barking I'm sorry I was like that on a date I went on one date with this guy and it was such a good date and I kissed him at the end of the night, like very movie style like I'm always but I like it up to him and I was like, bye. And I like ran away again. And I was wearing a dress and it was the whole thing. Oh, cute. Um, I saw him like 48, 72 hours later, we were driving the car and I was like repulsed by his, preg- by his, by his presence. And he went to kiss me at the end of the night. And it, the whole time beforehand, I'd been like, please don't kiss me. Please don't kiss oh, me. Oh no. So I think, you know. Like, I think, you know, that's how my date was today. I, I just knew I was like, I, this isn't going to be anywhere, but, <laughs> but with this person, you know, you invest so much time, I think is another part of like the fear of leaving is like, like we were talking about earlier, like with any relationship, if you put time in, you're more yeah. reluctant to end it. But for me, it was, it's for women, at least it's true. It is a gut feeling and you know, but I made the mistake of like dabbling the idea of it for too long, you know, and I forced yeah. his hand and it was because it was easier for me. I didn't want to end it because I was, I was afraid of making the mistake. Like conflict. 
I was afraid, like, if I break up with him, I'm going to experience that regret, and I don't want to experience that. It is so much yeah, easier. I want him to regret it. <laughs> yeah, for real. But it, and they do always. But um, it is in my experience so much easier to be the breakup y than the breakupper because mm-hmm. it's easier to get over because I don't have lingering doubts. You know, like you left me, and that just tells me that like you're not for me. I can do better. But if I leave somebody, I have to wonder later, like, did I only do that because? you know insert reason here I always did the complete opposite I was always the breakupper like in my situationships I was always like I'm gonna leave you before I get left hunty like mm-hmm. me and my little rucksack are out like <laughs> I just wait until it's unbearable and then they finally leave <laughs> and <laughs> so it's absolutely torturous and then they eventually just let go oh, eventually but you know <laughs> And I would say with that relationship, it was expected. But like my last one, I was totally blindsided. So at the same time, we had broken up once before. And that's when I knew it was over. But I I didn't let it be over. You know, so definitely if you feel it in your gut and you don't have an anxiety disorder like me and you can differentiate between like reality versus anxiety and it's still there, leave. <laughs> leave. <laughs> Do it. Leave. <laughs> leave him right now (laughs) (laughs) you should just go lisa you should just go can't just leave him karen this (laughs) this has been transcontinental tea we are so happy if any actual humans or bots for that matter decided to listen to us otherwise we will happily listen back to ourselves you know what i'm gonna love it it's gonna be great at least i have this for posterity if it doesn't work out. So yeah, I don't know if I want my kids listening to this <laughs> for myself. Nobody else ever. So I'm, but, but, Emma. I'm Emma, and this has been Transcontinental Tea. We love you. We'll, we'll sip with you, you in a week. Love you. Sip with you soon. Sip with you soon. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>